and they said we can't give you the time off work for this and I was like this is the biggest event I've ever done in my life you either uh, you either pack in your job or you go did you give the old time I went no worries there's my resignation Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, today I'm honoured to have an old friend of mine, a boy that I used to actually look up to back in the days when we were doing karate, because you were actually you were good at it and I wasn't. I was alright. Yeah, you were alright, you were alright, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, it's the one and only Mr. Joe Long. Joe, thanks for coming, man. Thank you, Mick. No Lovely to see you. Always good to see you, man. Every time Joel invite you down to London and I'll be eating quail... <laughs> at the Four Seasons, yeah, please, yeah, eating well, quail. We did. We, 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 did we have quail? We had quail. We had quail. Remember when uh, you said, "Come on in, sit down," and I was like, "I didn't think I was. I thought I was only here for the press junket." <laughs> and you're like, "Nah, sit down." Bellator, yeah, yeah, yeah the Bellator. Yeah, 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 and we yeah. were eating. Qu- we were eating quail. I was working quite a bit with Scott Coco with Bellator, so because yeah. we, 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 we literally brokered the the first Bellator deal in the UK because it was part of the Combat and Strength show. Yeah, at, at Senate, it at, was. At the so well, we, we broke that. Well, so. we're getting way ahead of ourselves, Sorry. right? Yeah, because the thing is, most of you guys, uh, if you know, you'll, you'll know who Joe is. If you don't know who Joe is, you'll know that him and his him and his partner Paul Alderson were behind any martial arts show that you went to through the. I would say the tail end, the tail end of the night is all the way through the noughties, right? One hundred percent. And then obviously, uh, we're here. We are here, and the, one of the reasons why those shows don't exist anymore. <laughs> Is because we're here. We wanted martial arts to be mainstream. We did, and when it became mainstream, a lot of people were like, "Oh no, no, we don't want that anymore." No, no, no. We want to go back to our nice little world that we have. We don't want everyone else to know we've got a great thing. But anyway, we're going to go right at the start. Joe, go back. How did you get involved in martial arts? Martial arts. My uh, first first club I ever went to was uh, Tiki Donovan's. Ishinru Club, uh, which was uh, in Dagnum, in sunny Dagnum. I, I lived in, a, I was brought up in, in, in Stratford and, and Ilford, yeah, a sort of East London borders of Essex. And uh, my, my dad, my father was a friend of Tiki's uh, and knew a few people who Tiki knew, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I think I was six years old and uh, he took me to the first, the first Ishinru Club uh, Tiki's Club was actually in uh, Dagnum a lot of yeah. people think it was Barking but it was actually Dagnum in a sports centre called Wood Lane Sports Centre yeah but uh, it was the, you had the sports centre which was quite quite nice for the time and then at the back of the sports centre you had uh, uh, football pitches which was on concrete oh, <laughs> and, then, and then you had two old air raid shelters no and, way and uh, the club was in one of the air raid shelters and, and that was Wood Lane Ishinru Club and it was called the Hombu, you know? It was, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I went in there and it was, you know, as I say, an old air raid shelter and the floor was like, a, what's, what's like the, uh, the, the sort of wooden chipboard but it was all curved up at the oh, edges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the wooden... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, not, not even chipboard. Yeah, it's, um, you, could, you could bend it. Yeah, 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 it's... What was it? It's like a wood pulp sheet, yeah. That's it. And as soon as it got wet, you felt like it you curled could go up. through yeah. it. Well, yeah, it was, used to curl up like that was the mat. Really, that was the mat. And Jesus. Uh, yeah, so that's like you know six years of age, and I couldn't. I was actually he wouldn't. I was one of the first sort of juniors of Ishinru, so I've got a lot of heritage in karate and know you know 
growing up, I was the kid of the club. Yeah. So when I went in there, you know, there were so many people to look up to, like uh, Will Werner, uh, Vic Charles, Mervyn Etienne, Ian Cole, uh, Alfie Borg. Uh, Jeez, it's a Mo- 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 Molly Samuels, Helen Ray, yep. Moira Barber. You know, they uh, they was all in our club, in our local club, but they was all you know European and world champions. Yeah, well, it's it's funny you're saying it because it's like because yeah. I I remember you know if you ever got Combat Magazine or anything and you looked at it and you looked at the like, you looked at the England team, yeah, and it was just Ishimov. It was yeah. were two or three, two or three might get in there, you know, yeah. uh, but it, it, it's funny. Because we talked off off camera about Molly Samuels kicking me in the head twice, right? Yeah. yeah. But Molly's like a, a conservative. Is she, is she an MP or a councillor or something? Yeah, yeah, now? yeah. She's, she's an M- conservative MP, and uh, I think she, she got her OBE or MBE. Yeah, yeah. Think. I'll tell you something. Yeah. Her yeah. story is inspirational. Yeah. And, and, and also, Mo- Molly's uh, uh, husband, uh, Jerry Laporte. Yes. Him and his family used to compete. Jerry, Joey. Uh, uh, and there's a couple of other brothers, I forget their names now, yeah. but, but that, those, are, those are great family, you know. But our, our club was, when I walked into that club, there was probably, at six years old, there was probably 40, 50 people training, and there was three or four sessions a night. Wow. And they was all packed. Yeah. You know, and uh, he actually said, I'm, I'm too young to, to start martial arts, so I had to come back when I was seven. Right. So I think he let me come back like a couple of months before I was seven, you know. And uh, then that was again at Wood Lane, and uh, that that's when I first got introduced. To and karate. did you did you did you know Tiki? Did you realise he was a legend, like, or did you, yeah, you just I, your dad's mate? I, I knew I knew he was. Uh, he was. My dad was. My father was very regimented, so right. my, my dad was always into boxing. So. And, and he boxed himself. Yeah, but so, Tiki famously was a boxer before he yeah, got him, right? And, and Tiki, Tiki done boxing, and that actual the gym which Tiki boxed at was a, a, a mutual friend of my dad's and his. So uh, the East End community is quite a close-knit community. Yes. You know, if you know one, then you know another, you know? Well, or, mate, I, I'll tell a, you... There's a middle ground. Yeah, but it's funny you say that, because uh, when you said Stratford, I actually did the refurb on the White Swan, Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now that's something else, right? Yeah. So. And uh, <laughs> give you an idea. Like, yeah, obviously now everyone thinks East End, they think Guy Ritchie. But, yeah. like, yeah, don't get me wrong, there's some lovely, lovely people there, right? Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. But you, you did class, not. Yeah. Working class, honest people. Yeah, but you watch your P's and Q's because there, you know, there was a couple of boys around that neck of the woods. I went training once and I was actually going to go and train at Tiki's because it was nearer oh. and I was like. Pfft, go there I, yeah. I remembered what it was like going for selection and I was like nah see you later because yeah. yeah. I was under the impression oh, right, so he's amping it up now for the selection and they were like he's actually toned it down because some of you guys won't be able to handle what's going to yeah. come your yeah. way yeah. but it was, it was something else yeah it, it, was, it, it was tough but going there, going there as a kid and having all them people to look up to was uh, you know he, he's such a uh, a big part of why we're here today because if I didn't have that you know, and then people to look up to and, and sort of guide me. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when you're competing, you know, as I got older, when I started to compete and compete internationally, so on and so forth. Without them people, you know, you look back and it's like they they was a big part of of my life. You know, and still are. I can still pick the phone up to some of them people. And, yeah. You know, it, talk it, to them. Well, it is. It's bizarre because sometimes I don't know about you. You get a bit. I get a little bit of a laissez-faire attitude towards it because I forget. 
Right. Sometimes, you know, yeah. I'm there and I'm with giants. Yeah. And then they're, but they're just mates to mine. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, but all the successes I've had in life, yeah. it's all because I've looked at that and that example to follow. Right. You've, you've, and, you've, and you don't yeah. realise that yeah. example is yeah. such a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You've, you've took that discipline into something else. Yeah, yeah, that's and, it. And that's what I think people do within martial arts. They take that discipline of martial arts and, and put that energy elsewhere. Well, that, well, I don't know about you. I, I want your personal opinion on this, right? Because obviously you're one of the guys that I see that has taken all the principles and ideas and concepts that you learn yeah. and put it into a business model. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, how shocked are you when you meet somebody who's at like that level martial arts and then you see them like, on their social skills and being a human oh, being right, yeah. and they're down there and you're yeah. like yeah. how's that yeah, they're miles apart yeah because you don't see it very often no. nowadays yeah. but back in the day I used oh, to yeah. see it all yeah. the time yeah horrendous yeah you're like <laughs> how can you be exceptional <laughs> yeah it still exists like yeah. or, or their personal life you know oh. the greatest martial artist in the world or the greatest you know combat sports person or fitness trainer yeah you know you know got a body like a, an Adonis but you walk out of the gym and, and your life is just messed up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. When you see them and they're like, oh, I'm suffering with this, this and this. Yeah. And, it's, and don't get me wrong, I've had anxiety. It's brutal. Of course. And do you know what? The, I'll tell you right now, man. Uh, do you know what saved me from anxiety? My training. Yeah, and I was yeah. training, but I wasn't training, training. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wasn't yeah. mindful. You know, you know yeah, you're yeah. going through the motions. And again, it's the laissez-faire attitude towards... Life basically, yeah, and you know, martial arts and being on the mat's the analogy for life when you're working well, everything goes, yeah, yeah. When you just let the wheels spin a little bit, yeah, there's no traction, that's it. No, so, sure. competition wise, I'm gonna embarrass you now. Mm. What did you win? I won, I won national, I, I, I won you know, club championships, I won national championships, won British championships, uh, I medaled in Europe, uh, and when I say I medaled in Europe, I medaled with a team. Uh, a couple of times uh, I never actually competed in a world championships because uh, my, my career got cut quite short right. uh, my knees was, was knackered and it's actually it's actually a tough one for me because I wish I still competed Yeah. Uh, but it's a nice story in a roundabout way so I, I actually stopped competing internationally when I was 22 Yeah. Uh, and I got a job when, when I was 18 like a uh, quite a high profile job as sports development executive for London for the whole of London right and, and I really got that job off of I went to college but I also got that job off of my karate background uh, and then come, I was still I was they took me on knowing that I was competing internationally and wanted to promote a young person working within the sports industry and competing internationally because cool. they wanted to include more young people within sports development which was a new thing back then. Yes. You know, and sports promotions. Uh, and they wanted, like, sort of influencers, if you like. Yes. Who could actually reach out to young people and engage them with sport. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, was, I was cool for that. You know, that, what, that was, what did that role entail? That, that, was, that was it. So that was... When I was 18, I was actually running, like, the, the London... You've heard of the London Feds. Yeah. London Federations. I was running the London Feds boxing finals... I was running running the London Feds football team. I was running their athletics championships, and then the, the the winners of them then went on to compete nationally. So you know I would then take the the the, the London boxing team onto the nationals, football, athletics, and then they're competing. I'm, but I'm guessing. So for my age, it was quite. Yeah, but yeah, I'm guessing. Like as a young man, you're dealing with people a bit older than you, right? De- dealing, well, I was dealing with people the same age as me. 
Right. I was dealing, obviously I was dealing what with about the organisational The organisation, yeah. I was yeah. the youngest person. Yeah, that's, what, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, 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 I was the youngest person. But I, I was dealing with people who was like a year younger than me, you know, still competing in the feds. But then I was competing internationally with karate. Yeah. So we had a we had, you know, we had a synergy between. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I could talk the same language as the as yeah. the youth. Yeah, you know, youth, the man. youth. You know, yeah. but, but but that's what they wanted at the time. They wanted someone who could who, who could. But those days, that. right? Yeah, you know, it's it's quite hard to explain to a, especially. Uh, the younger generation who, who wouldn't really get it, um, especially we take karate for instance, right? Because obviously, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to the 10k thing, right? Which is because right, okay. you, you you boys have always kept you've always kept faith in it because I've always looked at it and gone, I can't guess why people don't like this, why this sport isn't bigger because karate. yeah, karate especially because it's like you've got no attention span, you don't want to watch any grappling, all you want to do is if you watch MMA, it's a knockout, and you, you're seeing guys at the highest level and it's. You're like thirty seconds. Yeah. Thirty seconds is a long engagement in karate, yeah, right? For sure, yeah. And I could never work out how they got it, but we turn karate on its head, man. And yeah. and, and yeah, the Americans will say we did kickboxing. You did, but you never went to Japan no. and showed Japan how it was done. Yeah. Because when you go to Japan now and you train in karate, you're like Yeah. Is this it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, well the, the thing is like you know, the club I was brought up in and, and and people like Tiki Donovan, they, they changed the industry over here because they looked at how the Japs was fighting, you know, looked at how the, the other Europeans was fighting and kind of merged it together yeah. to create our own style. Yeah. A bit like music. We were talking about music yeah. earlier, you know. England, or London, England has always been at the forefront of music yes. and merging different musics together. You know, we done the same with karate. We, we took the straight lines of the Japanese... Yes. You know, and merged it with the movements of of the Europeans, yes. and then added our own movement to it, and, and become very successful. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that's that's what what, what Tiki Donovan and, and, and the team done, and and the training methods like using focus pads, for example, was unheard of. Back yes. Then. You know, it was used in boxing. You know, yeah. Not by everyone in boxing back then. No. You know, but you know, the, the focus mitts and, and the movement. You know, was created over here. Uh, I remember when Dan in Osanta, I was at a seminar once, and Dan was saying, I agree, he was like, he, he said, when we first introduced the, the focus mitt, and you know, because yeah. he's such a lovely guy, and he was like, we introduced the focus mitt, and I'm thinking about it, I was like, that's a bold statement. And he goes, no, because Bruce, because they were custom made, and we had yeah. this, and he goes, and when we started working with them, boxers were like, so why have you raided the baseball yeah. equipment? And they were like, why? He goes, why are you hitting catchers mitts? And, he, and like, yeah, Guru was like, if only we had the foresight to realise that that was going to be. He goes, imagine if we had a patented focus well, mitt. It, it, it was that and, and June Ree. Yeah. June, it, June, June Ree uh, was really at the forefront of equipment. Yeah, June Ree. Yeah, I, I still, I still, I used to wear the old June Rees. Yeah, man, yeah, they were yeah, yeah. badass. But, uh, you know, when you were saying about the training method now, I'm really going to show you. If you didn't have any credibility in martial arts now, do you remember The Pursuit of Excellence by Jeff Thompson? Yeah. The black Jeff Thompson, right? Yeah, of course. And do you remember that book when it came out? Yeah. Do you know, I've got, I've got to say, I mean, you know, I'm the, the least racist person, you know. The, the amount of people that go, do you know Jeff Thompson? And I go, yeah. And they go, the black one, not the white one. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just like within the fight world, it's just yeah, it, that's the, it. The black Jeff Thompson. I know the black Jeff yeah, Thompson. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but remember the book, The Pursuit of Excellence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, that, when that came out, and he did, and he did a couple of things that I looked at, and I know you boys at the 
uh, that 10K have taken on, which is the different coloured pads, which is... We started that stuff. Really? So we did Jeff take it off? Oh, this is control. No, 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 Jeff, Jeff done, I think, the pursuit of excellence. Jeff had, if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, I believe Jeff done and Pat Mackay done a yellow... Yes. A blue glove. That was it, yeah. And it was pale pastel yellow. It was oh, and blue. And the yeah. blue was like your t shirt colour. Yeah. It was like baby pastel, blue. Baby blue. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're baby blue. blue. But I looked at it and, and, I, and I was, still it was like, at that. what the hell was this? I've got that book. I was probably, I don't know, I must have been 15, 16. Yeah, the same or age. So, so I, I, I see it and it was like, what the hell are these colours? Yeah. Like, what, what's going Anyway. Them, them colours never come to it. They was way ahead of their time. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, for training, for equipment, they was way, way, way ahead of their, their Well, Well, do you know what? That book was my Bible for years. Oh, was it was really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because he had, he had a pad called... We were talking about pads the other day. He had, a, he had his own pads, Jeff. Yes. And they was called Excellence. They were. Uh, and uh, they wasn't even worth wearing, but they was, like, paper thin. Oh, but they looked like there was padding in them, but there was no padding that, in them. But the, the white ones with yeah. the three knuckle things? That's the one, yeah. Oh, man, I'll yeah. tell you what, I had, I had my but nose you know they're, bust. They're now doing, like, on. an MMA glove. Yes. Glove. Very similar to that. It was, yeah, and it, it was just a little mitt. Yeah. And as soon as... There was no padding in it no, at all. Absolutely no padding. And it was literally, it was like, you know the packing that you get? Well, you know the air, you know the air bubble packet, <laughs> you know the big yeah. one. Yeah. And you get that, yeah. and as soon as you get it, and uh, I remember you, you, you remember Mike Salesman, don't you? Yeah, he's one of my. You know what, Mike Salesman is one of my. Grow, growing up watching heavyweights because I was a, I was I was a hundred kilos when I was seventeen. No way. Yeah, and, and and I wasn't fat then. I'm fat now, but you're well upholstered <laughs> like myself. I'm, I'm well fed, and watered. But the. the <laughs> Back then, I was, I was 100 kilos at, at 17 years of age, so heavyweights to me, Jeff Thompson, Big Charles, Mervyn Etty and Ian Cole, all them guys I used to up to. Mick Salesman, I used to look at and I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy was punching Scary. holes through people. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, you know, the, it was just the Gakazuki, like, it, like you'd run a million miles away from it. You know, yeah, well, he, oh, well, he, 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 he caught me and he was wearing them and it was... At, uh, Basker, it was a, I think it was the London Open Basker. So like, you know, yeah, Greg Wallace, yeah. loved the guy. Like the guys are, yeah. Even now I look at the guy and he's a rock star. Yeah, you know, he, he was, was something before else. his time. Oh, way it? ahead of his time. Like he was, he was doing jumping, spinning, back kicks. Yeah, yeah. Like he was doing and it. And he but, was a big guy. Whew, he was something else, man. He was something else. <laughs> because but, Mick, Mick, Mick Salesman actually, you know, I've never actually spoke to Mick Salesman. Really? In, in my whole time in, in martial arts, I never spoke to Mick Salesman. But he actually comes to the 10k. Uh, a, f- a few years ago to the 10k karate clash and I was so pissed that I didn't, that yeah. I didn't get to meet him yeah well the, the, we're, yeah. Uh, we're on about my, my good friend Michael Greenfield uh, I was only training with him last night at jiu-jitsu he just got his black belt he used to train and he was he was with, he was with like uh, Mick Salesman Les Fairclough yeah. all that era of guys yeah. and uh, I said Mick Salesman I remember him and I went I actually turned up and you know we were talking about hip-hop earlier I turned up and I had a bit of a hip-hop sort of <laughs> it, it, again, you look back on it now and you go, go Ooh, that was a big uh, why, why shouldn't I be wearing it anyway? So I was wearing this this sort of like coming to America type golden child hat that, you oh, know. Great. You, you know on this side, yeah. man. You're there and you're, you're listening to Run DMC yeah. and you go, Public Enemy, you go, I can pull that off. And yeah. then you wear it. And uh, I actually, like, I have to preface the story with going to London Open, wearing that, 
uh, Mick Salesman's there, and I was convinced that he sucked his teeth at me when he saw me wearing the hat, right? So, yeah, yeah, what's this white guy wearing the hat for? That's the first thing. And then, secondly, we go out, and the way that, it, the, way that the, the order went out was I ended up facing him. And he hit me, and this is no word... I was already... I was beat. Like, literally, if he gave me a way out of looking so I didn't look like a complete baby, yeah. I would have taken it. But he hit me with this back fist, this Iraqan. Hit me with this Iraqan, my head went like that. You know, boom. And then, you know, you know, you know look, he was famous for two things, right? Yeah. That yeah. and that, that. Yeah, yeah. And he went, boom. And as he went that, I felt all my weight go onto my back leg. And then, boom. And literally, it was like Dragon Ball Z level shit. Yeah. Boom. I went flying back like something out of the Matrix. And I, I just got up. And I, 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 yeah, afterwards, you know, bowed, thanked him and that. And it was great because I was like, I didn't even think I'd get on the tatami with a guy like this, yeah. you know? Because he, he was else. like a a senior heavyweight oh and yeah as coming up fighting internationally as a junior heavyweight I used to look at him and be like yeah, if I can I want to punch through people like that you know? yeah, there was some, there was some, know, he was very inspirational to me so how did you get now if you don't mind me saying how did you get from working around London to go then feds. into with the feds going from that to start like going into promotions Fighters Inc so, so it's quite a funny story because there's some, some names involved that you'll laugh at so uh, Paul Alderson and I, uh, even though I was at, I was working for the Feds, Paul Alderson and I actually was asked to get involved in in the sports management stuff by uh, a guy who worked for the council right. uh, in our borough, and uh, he's a guy called Barry Neville, and Barry Neville is is like one of the the the, the OGs, let's say, of uh, football management. Right. So he, he's looked after Teddy Sherman and the whole of Teddy's career, uh, and so so many you know football stars and done so many deals. And, and ironically, which leads us to here, yeah, he uh, he actually got bought out and works for IMG. Right. So, but Barry was like a mentor to Paul and I. So when we we was young and competing, Paul Paul's a few years older than me, like yeah. five years older than me, something. When we was young and competing, Barry was always like, oh get the two guys from karate to come and do this or, 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 or whatever locally yeah and uh, he helped get us in, involved in sports management so Paul actually worked for the borough in yeah. sports development and then uh, and then I got my job with the federation so we were yeah. both doing the same thing yeah. but in different ways Paul was doing it for the borough I was doing it for a charity charitable yeah. organisation and uh, Barry left uh, working for the borough and set up his own company which at the time was, was was Premier Management, and started working full time with footballers. Right. So we're talking about like the mid nineties when Teddy Sheringham's like his height, Matty Upson, all, all like the big yeah, but, yeah, John yeah, Solarco. Yeah, that was the turning point in sports management, in sports management. Right, right. and for football especially. Everyone says it was a Sky Deal, right? Which yeah. I think to a degree. Yeah. But that you went, you know, look at Norman Whiteside. Norman Whiteside looks at people's feet for a living. Yeah. yeah. Five, if you'd have been five years later, yeah. yeah. Because people realised their worth then. It was mad. Yeah. So this guy what headed up the council sports development uh, section, which was new at the time. That yeah. was groundbreaking in itself. Like, you know, we're developing sport in the borough, and we we could get funding. To, and he was he was very much into football. He was like. Uh, uh, I think a UEFA qualified coach in football right? Uh, and then got into to managing football players always around footballers loads of footballers and Paul and I was around these, these footballers like John Salako Teddy Sheridan blah 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 and it was like do you boys want to come and work for me in Premier Management 
and work with all these footballers. You can look after them, you know, because... Give me a minute. Yeah, and we was like, yeah, we do, but we're in... That's your passion is football. Yeah. You know, we're 20, 30 years younger than you, Barry. We, our passion is the fight world. Yeah. You know, and he's like, no worries. You can use my office. Uh, and Paul actually worked... So Paul works for him. Paul went and worked for him and then used Barry's office to do other bits on his own. Right. And uh, football's always been around Paul and I. And then Barry stopped Premier Management, got picked up by IMG. Yeah. And, and, uh, but then he created Players Inc. Yes. Uh, which is a football agency. It still exists. So when we started Fighters Inc. Yes. in 97, that's where it come from. Because wow. Barry was Players Inc. And we was like, we're going to do our thing, but we want to do something for the fight world. Yeah. And we want to do it for fighters. Yeah. And you know, is, we're fighters. Yeah. And that's where fighters And what, what, what was it like coming into it? You're coming into basically... Because you're coming into an industry where no one like you guys have ever really existed, right? Because you yeah, didn't exist. No, but you, you know what I mean. And for like, our age. Yeah, but like, it's always been like rather amateurish. Even like even when you look at boxing, like you yeah. look at it now. When you look at you look at Don King, you're like you wouldn't exist today. No, because at the, because at the time he was one guy who was he was prepared to do. Look, yeah. Have you ever really Anything. saw a biography? Anything. Yeah, <laughs> the, the unthinkable. You know, yeah. the, my my favorite yeah. my favorite line is the time that he, you know it was Michael Dokes. I think it was Michael Dokes fighting Larry Holmes. And he was like Michael Dokes. He's my son. He's my son. Got knocked out. He actually stepped over Michael Dokes to shake the guys, yeah. and he was like, "That's your guy." And he was, "It's just yeah. business." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but like I mean, the, he's a different level. Oh yeah, yeah. But he's, but, he's, a, he's a different. But there was level. no there was no there, management. There, was there, there, there was no management, and there was no. Uh, there was no one of our sort of age yeah. doing that. You know, it was all older guys. Yeah. You know, like Barry, as I say. Yeah. He just got into football management. He's like 20 years older than us, yeah. probably. You know, so, and then he just got into football management in, in the, the early and mid-90s. Yeah. You know, we created Fighters Inc. in 97. So the 97 was our first ever event, which was a karate event. Yeah. Uh, the reason, really, we've done that is because... Uh, I stopped working for the Federation. So I got selected to go to, to fight in the World Games. Yeah. Uh, Tiki left as coach. Vic Charles took over the team. Uh, and he selected me to was fight. That, that was the BSKA, the British Sport Karate Association. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. Greg was like, there's only one eight between us. Yeah. He's going to have to change that. Yeah. And I went, yeah. yeah. And there's a sport. lot of politics. Oh, yeah. I, as soon as I there was, there's a lot of politics when, when Tiki left as coach and Vic and Ab- Abdul Shahir yeah. come, come on. Uh, as the, the new coaches so I was from Ishinru and he selected me to fight in the world games as the heavyweight as yeah. a senior oh wicked so I, I won my first senior title British title when I was 17 wow so I'd been around it for, for a bit anyway so he selected me to, to go to the world games I spoke to the federation and said I, I need this time off because you had pre-training then yeah. you went so yeah. you had to do pre-training then you, then you went and they said, we can't give you the time off work for this. And I was like, this is the biggest event I've ever done in my life. And they was like, no, such and such is booked time off work. You, uh, you can't have it off. You either, uh, you either pack in your job or you go. Did you give the old time? And I went, no worries, there's my resignation. Fair play. Like, on the day. Really? Because I knew that I wanted to work for myself long term. Yeah. So I'd done that. I went home, what was I, 20, 21? Went, went home. Uh, still, li- still living at home. Um, my dad was like, "Are you mad?" 
are you crazy? And I was like, well, I, I, I work for myself because my, my parents always work for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was like, fine, I'll help you. And uh, I, I, after him not talking to me for a couple of days, he kind of settled down and was like, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll create events. Like, I look after people, I manage people, I just create events. My dad was a greengrocer. Yes. So he didn't understand that you didn't buy a box of tomatoes for £10 and sell it for £20. Yeah. He's like, what have you got to sell? Yeah. There is nothing. Yeah, yeah. Me, my connections, <laughs> yeah, yeah. nobody else is doing this, yeah. there's a market yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah. But it's like, but you, where's the physical that? sale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. There is no product. No. You no. Know? So, so uh, yeah, and... Uh, I, I was carrying a bad injury at the time anyway with my knees yeah. and uh, I spoke to Vic Charles and I said look I've just left my job to, to fight in the world but I, I'm not sure if it's the right thing for me to do yeah. because I'm thinking of my career and uh, I pulled out I pulled out from the World Games wow. which was in uh, I think it was in Brazil uh, I pulled out they pulled in Leon Waters Oh, uh, man, I remember Leon as a kid. And then Leon won it. Yeah, really? So I pulled out, Leon went in, Leon won it, and then a few years later, I'm managing Leon. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I remember, so, I remember yeah, Leon rest... fighting as a peewee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because he, he used to be he used to be a wrenching cowboy, as I remember. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, I, I had, oh, I, 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 took, I took some... My only claim to fame is some of the beatings I've taken from people. Uh, Marcus Williams. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he was he was he's uh, uh, he was Paul's main adversary. Paul Alderson. Yeah, like, yeah, going well, up as junior yeah. That, well, they, they, he, he was. They he hated was, each other. Yeah, he was. He was. Well, the thing is, I I totally get it. Yeah. Because both that that is yeah. Again, it's black Jeff Thompson, white Jeff Thompson. Because yeah, yeah. he's a black version of yeah. Paul. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're. they're Proper alpha males, go getters, yeah, yeah. and they're all or nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I took a receiver. And I, I took a bit of Mark Wallace, and then uh, then like, all the old boys. Like all yeah. the old boys, Garth Waldrop. Uh, I tell you what, Lloyd Walters put it on me. Yeah. Leon stayed. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah. I, I, I had it. He still, he still teaches. Yeah. Leon stayed still teaches. Yeah. They're still. They're still. They're, yeah. All those boys yeah. are still going strong. Yeah, their, their club actually, like big, big shout out to, to Andy Andy Waters as well. Yeah. Like their club is amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I visited their club uh, a couple of years ago uh, for the 10K because Chandler and uh, Devonte fight in the 10K. Yeah. They're, they're Leon's cousins, younger yeah. cousins, and they fight in the 10K. And I went to their club. Their club's unbelievable. They've got one big sports hall, yeah. a whole sports hall, and it's divided up into different sections with all the different age groups. Yeah, uh, and running. And I tell you, and unbelievable. And I tell you what, you know, the, the the work that they do in the community because the crack is. They have turned some lives around. Oh, unbelievable. You know what I mean? But where, where they are now, I, I, you know, I think it's like near Catford Way where they're based. The new sports centre, the new sports hall. Yes. Amazing. And what they do, they do a great job. So great job. when you started promoting, your first thing was 10K and then where did you go No, the first event was three on three karate. Three on three? Three on three. Jesus, 90, I remember that. That was 97. That yeah. Was, that was 97. So that, I think that year, uh, that was the year... Either '96 or '97 was the year what the World, Ch- World Games was. Which I didn't yeah. go to. So me and Paul done our first event. We went on Sky Sports. Yes. So first of all, we've got a, a sport which has never been on TV, really. Yeah. You know, uh, only on the news. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they'd flash back to some Japanese guy doing. Yeah. A, on the one show. Shopping, that. Yeah, that's shop, the same Shopping thing, a yeah. brick in, in half or something. So we created an event uh, which was a team event, three on three. 
teams are free. We put them in red and blue, which yes. no one else has done. Uh, where, where was this at the Troxy? No, this this was Epping Forest Country Club. Really? Yeah, oh, Epping Jesus. Forest Country Club, which at the time was like the place to go, but it was also like a bit of gangsters paradise. Oh, I was for, about to for, say it was for it, East London and Essex. Well, without 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 being, like, I, I might as well. It's known as it's known as. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, all I was going to say is. Like, I actually did some work there years ago, okay. and when I went into the foyer, yeah. uh, they said uh, that yeah they had to do a bit of a reroute through the drive and that to get to it for right. some reason, yeah. and uh, they said, oh, did you find it all right? I said, yeah, I just turned left. I said I turned left at the Range Rover where the three dead drunk dealers were, and obviously, <laughs> if you, don't know, you know what I mean. It's, yeah. But like, this was yeah. this wasn't long after yeah. that it's, whole it's thing. Got a bit of history. So, yeah, it's so got some right history. So being twenty one. You know, and promoting an event in that venue, yeah, geez. and filling it out with—I I don't know—I think our first event we had something like six hundred people there, really, uh, and we done it as a dinner show. So, first of all, karate wasn't out of the sports hall. Yeah. Secondly, we done it as a dinner show. Yeah. And thirdly, we put it on Sky Sports, something and, and else, we got right. our prize money. Yeah. So that was our first event. So that was a groundbreaking event. Yeah. Not just for karate, but for martial arts. Yeah, yeah. Because there was kickboxing promoters. Uh, there was boxing promoters. What was kind of pissed? Yeah. The what the hell of these two young guys? Yeah. What they doing? Yeah. A couple of lads in pajamas yeah. playing tig, which yeah. is which is always the same thing. Of course isn't it? it was. Yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah. I was like, yeah, really? That tig? Never worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And then I think we was on we was on Sky Sports for for three years. Then we went on to Eurosport. There's at one time uh, the three on three went on to the ten k. Yes. So our career, if you like. Promoting career, yeah. free on free, semi, yeah, pain and glory, ten k, arm wars, then works with a number of brands, yeah, uh, and they'll run consistently for ten, well, fifteen years, yeah, they'll run alongside each other for fifteen years, and then we worked with a number of brands, a number of individuals along the way, yes. I don't know who's who of who you could work with. Well, you know, when, you, brands, when, when you're on about the Sani, right? So I remember the first Sani's up at the NEC, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so I went up there, awesome shows, and again, it, you know, I'm not just saying it because you're my mate, but I'd gone to a load of shows in the past where you go there and the guy on the poster never ever showed up. Yeah. That was always, and it was always a spoof, wasn't it? Because yeah. you walk up there, you go, wait a minute, you haven't, you haven't my pants down here. Yeah. Whereas, first of all, it was done, and then obviously... Uh, well, the British Open was British Open was born at Senny, as I recall. The BJJ. BJJ, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, and, and Gracie European Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, but but you, you you took the shows, and it just went from being a trade show, and it weren't even really a trade show. It was like you had about four or five guys with stands normally. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Times five. So yeah, it was the yeah. same gear all the time. That's yeah. Right, yeah. And then you'd have a couple of little workout areas and stuff. Yeah. And I remember, because I, I actually looked at this, and I remember going over, seeing the Senny, then going down to when you were down when you were down at the uh, O2. And which show was it where you had the... Was it Bukawa or who was it? That Bukawa. Was, yeah. Yeah, that was, what, maybe 2008, 2010? Yeah, I think it might be 2010. Eight, me and, eight or ten. Yeah, me and Al, me and Al were, me and Al were down there teaching on that. Right. And I, I remember we went, we went to the show at night. Yeah, and was the don't get me wrong. MTA, yeah. I was, I was amazed at the Senny because I thought yeah. that was great. You know yeah. what I mean? But then I went to the show and I was like, and obviously I think he looked after us as well because we, were, we had great seats. But I was like, 
this is a premiere. Yeah, yeah. Because it, like, it was, it yeah. was something else. I think that was the because we done we done Pain and Glory previously. Yeah. Which was the first hybrid show in the UK. Yeah. So when I say hybrid show, we 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 incorporate kickboxing, MMA. Yes. And first arena show. Yeah. At the NEC, uh, and also we, we actually incorporated pro boxing as well because we actually switched a couple of martial arts over to pro boxing like Paul Newby yes so we had pro boxing on them shows as well but uh, I think this, the show which you're on about we, we had MTA which which Master Sken yes was involved with yeah uh, and I think it was Bacal Jordan Watson wasn't it yeah it was indeed yeah because so. that was like the one thing about that that re- I was really impressed with was the fact that you had like amateurs having amateur MMA fights in the cage yeah in like it was almost like a league set up during the day yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah so you had guys who were just starting off and then you had like the, the yeah, highest yeah. of highest yeah. levels you yeah. know what I mean yeah. and well, we've done that for a few years with, with Pain and Glory like we yeah. had some great names on Pain and Glory over the years but the, the Bacal show were, were, was, was amazing yeah that was an unbelievable show well this is going to seek us in nicely so how did you get your connections the progression it was just yeah. a progression you know the, the, the Senny show, which was Paul's idea, Paul, Paul's brainchild was Senny, you know, uh, uh, because you, you couldn't really, uh, everything was really mail order back then. Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in the mid 90s, you know, and internet wasn't what it is yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, buy, you buy pads and then you, know, you get that book for half the women. Yeah. Do you remember that? And, and, and if, if you could do an email, you was fairly smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was definitely. fairly technical. So, you know, things have changed. So it, it, was, it was mail order, and so you didn't actually get to feel it. Yeah, feel the products, this, that, the other. So it was a great idea to, to, to bring everyone together. Uh, but I'd say getting involved to, in MMA, boxing, I mean, boxing, I had a big heritage of it with the feds and yeah. a few, you know, boxers was friends of mine anyway, like, you know, from kids. Uh, MMA, Muay Thai. It was all a progression from Senni because we started to invite people from the whole spectrum of martial arts to the Senni show. Yes. It wasn't just oh this is a karate show. It couldn't be. Yeah. You know, we, you know we wouldn't have sold out this room. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, definitely. It, you know, we we would have had a few hundred people. You know, five six hundred people there, and that would have been it. But it was like, right, we, we know karate. We know how to talk to people. We know how to promote. We know how to put bums on seats. Let's do it for judo, boxing. Yeah. Thai boxing. Lee Hasdell's going to Russia and fighting crazy people. Let's, let's invite. <laughs> let's invite. Now that's a name, let, man. Let's invite that madman to yeah. the show. You know. Dave O'Donnell's teaching, uh, you know, MMA, you know, you know, in a lockup in in South London. Let's invite that madman. So just, it was a case of just going out and going, we're Fighters Inc. Come to our show. Yeah. Well, you, just as you were saying about Dave, just because I got to give him a shout out, because you know, the, the character, he's a character, character, right? Mm-hmm. But what was the guy? What was the guy's name that he used to train with? Lajos Jakub. Do you remember that Hungarian? I can't remember. Yeah, do you ever meet the guy? Probably. Ooh, he was a guy who taught Roger Moore how to be a badass in the movie. He actually taught Roger Moore. Really? Did the fight scenes. He's just a mad, crazy Hungarian who just was putting the hammer on people. And David, because I was like, David was like, he's a clown, he's a clown. Then everyone's like, no, no, he's actually pretty legit. You know, he's a, he's, he's good. I don't know. Yeah. Martial artist. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but the guy, and they went, no, that's just what he portrays. Yeah. And then they were like, right. check him out. And of course... Every single magazine that ever came out, I'd read it. And then he, he mentioned this. Like, I think it's Lajos Jacob. I think his right. name is Jacob. And I was like, it's ringing, it's ringing a bell now. I was like, wait a minute. And then there's pictures of the guy like trying to rip people's nipples off in combat. <laughs> but this was back in the day when people were like, 
what the hell is that? You're not going to hit somebody, are yeah, you? Yeah, 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 we yeah. don't do martial arts like that. So anyway, so sorry I remember, about that. I remember the first, one, of, one of the first scenes and, and Lee Hasdall being there. And like traditional martial artists being like, what are you doing in the ring That's, with Batman? Yeah, well, yeah. Why are you contesting this? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is a martial arts. Well, yeah, yeah this is going to lead no, us. Actually, it is martial arts. Yeah. Well, this is this is <laughs> going to lead us into this because yeah, you mentioned Lee Hasdall. Like, if you you remember years ago, there was like there was that documentary. Like Lee Hasdall was he was already the guy who was doing the rings rules and all of that, yeah, yeah. and he'd always be thrown in the back of all the magazines. And yeah. but uh, I'm getting ahead, but. When the UFC results used to come in, and it'd be a one-page write-up yeah, in yeah, combat, yeah. and it was almost like the traditional world were like, "No, no we don't want any of this." Let's be honest, combat. Didn't, combat. Let's be real honest. Combat's gone now, so we can talk about it. Yeah, combat didn't want to be involved no. in, in in that because they didn't want to recognise it because they was more interested in traditional martial art. Fair enough. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but they didn't want anyone to look behind the behind the curtain like the Wizard no, of Oz, no, did they? No, exactly. But then I suppose saying if you've got a, a horse and country magazine, yeah, and all of a sudden they, they, there's a hybrid of horses and pigs, yeah, you know, you, you don't really want uh, the pigs in in no. the, whole, the horse the, the horse and country magazine. No, you don't. Yeah, well, Fair you, enough. But well, yeah, 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 it's funny because <laughs> I hundred percent no, because yeah, no, I remember I actually remember one of the first sennies where a load of the MMA gear started to be sold, and then there was a couple of, like, the old Hanzo Gracie, Craig Cookhook yeah, yeah. DVDs being yeah. sold. And I remember the first year I went, there was, like, three stands. And then the next year I went, there was ten stands. Yeah, yeah. And then you started seeing all of these guys That's walking around in, like, yellow pyjamas and that, and silk and that. And they, they were all going... And, like, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Of you course. know what I mean? Fair play. That, but yeah, I come from that pajama. That, yeah, but don't say don't I say it is what it is. Though, yeah, no. yeah. Well, I do it the when I go to bed at night. But it it was it was funny because that was where it all started to go. And like, especially when I look at yeah your progression. Say yeah, we all know now the world changed after UFC won. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what anyone says. And at, like, and we're still feeling the effects of this now. Yeah. Because now it's like. You're not going to send your kids to karate. You're going to send them to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's evolving. It is evolving, and the thing is, for the better. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and that's what's going to lead us on to now. Why are we here? What? Why are we here, man? It's lovely warm. It is. I do like it. It'll keep you warm, itchy and warm. <laughs> it's like it's like Ant's beard over there. You know what I mean? It's, once you go into that territory, it's not good. Something's going to itch, and I hope it ain't me. So we're here, and we're on a building site. But what is this? UFC gyms, Mick. Yeah, I trained UFC, bro. I trained we talked UFC, about this. Yeah. That, that, yeah, but it's going to come round to haunt some people. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> there's a few memes going to be shitting it right yeah, now. Right? Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it. So UFC gym. Explain the explain the premise. So uh, the story of yeah. how it happened. Uh, well, U, UFC gym, as a lot of people know, is in uh, in America. You know, and got got hundreds of gyms nationwide. Uh, also in a number of other, te- other territories across the world. In fact, 22 territories UFC gym is in. Wow. Today, you know, uh, with thousands of clubs. Uh, one day I was talking to a friend of mine. He, he, he fights Michael uh, Bisping. I heard of it. He used to be a DJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mikey B. Yeah, he's the man, right? So he's, he's a good guy. So one day I'm talking to Michael, and I say that casually because we are friends. Yeah. You know. And uh, oh, you, you have to remember if you haven't checked it out, go on the Instagram because there's 
was it Vegas once where their clip went up? I can't remember what it was, but there's I think Michael might have won. But then, when you won but the you're, title. Yeah, and you're... you're, you're <laughs> and I'm like, what's Joe doing there? He's a good, he was a good night. He was yeah. a good night, yeah. yeah. But we, listen, Michael and I was, was friendly before he even went into UFC. Yeah. Michael's camps, I've all... There's a lot of Michael's camps which I've helped with yeah. by getting him sparring partners. You know, when he was at Wolf's Lair... Uh, the old Cage Warriors days? Yeah, and the old Cage Warriors days. Uh, but when he, when Michael was with Wolf's Lair, I used to get sparring partners, bring them up from London for him, Rampage. I mean, I worked on three or four Rampage camps, right. uh, Czech Congo camps, and Michael camps. Yeah. And got them sparring partners, what, you know, got bought them some gym rats and animals up. Yes. You know... Yeah, deal with this character. Yeah, yeah. 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 And... Uh, but Michael and I have always had a good relationship, you know, in and out of business. We're, we're good yeah. friends. And uh, he's always supported Senny. Uh, and, well, he, he, and he's always been a gent. And he's always, in my, in my, he's my always been a gent, you know. And uh, anyway, so we, 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 we've done loads of work together, loads of stuff. So we was talking about UFC gym in the States. Michael invested in a gym in the States, in Co- Costa Mesa, in Southern California. And we was talking one day, said, wouldn't it be great if, if UFC Jim come to the UK? Because Michael loves, he loves England. Yeah. You know, he lives out there, but he loves England. It's very patriotic, as, yeah. as you know. And uh, it's like, he was like, why don't we try and make it happen? I was like, we? I was like, you, you live over here. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, all right then, what, what can we do? Yeah. So I was like, let me get my thinking cap on. So uh, basically, we was talking about doing five or six gyms up and down the country. With yeah. UFC Gym, and uh, and I was negotiating a deal with UFC Gym, and uh, we got led up a few dead ends uh, with investment and and partners. So it was really for me. To, if I could pull off a deal, I'll pull it off. If we didn't get it, and we didn't make it happen, someone else is going to get it, and they're not going to know the industry. Yeah. They're not going to have the heritage, and they probably probably piss it up the wall yeah it would work yeah maybe not work maybe it would I don't yeah. know you know there's some great gym operators out there who've got lots of big deep pockets yeah but do they really know the brand and you know our conversation was if we don't try and make this happen someone else will or we'll kick ourselves for not trying yeah so I kind of uh, Adam Sedlak who's the, the, the president of UFC Gym in America said no that, that you're the driver of UFC Gym in the UK and I kind of drift the proje- projects uh, two years later, found, created a team yeah. uh, of investors and partners to work on the project. And uh, we signed a deal just over a year ago now uh, for the, the MTA, uh, which is the Master Territory Agreement for the UK and Ireland. Wow. Uh, for UFC Gym, uh, UK and Ireland. So we own, we own the rights, our group, a collective group, which includes myself and Michael uh, and two other partners from the franchise and, uh, and leisure industry, uh, signed an agreement uh, for to roll out 105 clubs, UFC gyms in the UK and Ireland. 105, huh? 105 uh, in the next 10 years. And that's no like... No pressure. No pressure at all. And that's like every everywhere you get. And we, we talked about it. There's three separate models in this. Yeah, there's three separate models. So you've, you've got, uh, let's say, a small, a medium, and a large size box. 
So tell me, tell me, the, tell me the small. The, the small is, is minimum three to six thousand square foot. So that's a, that's a, that's a big gym. Big gym. Uh, martial big, arts wise, big, at big the moment. martial arts gym. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's just func- it's functional training, uh, turf, bags, uh, some fun- uh, uh, functional training equipment, uh, all class led. Yeah. So the slogan is box hit repeat, and 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 the classes are boxing and hit. Later on this year, introducing kickboxing, and the program will will extend from yeah. there. Uh, and the brand is called Class UFC Gym, so it's a uh, very boutique, very in and out. Yeah, come in, get out, do your, your training session, and go. Yeah. Uh, the mid-sized box over here, where we are now, where we are now, we're in Nottingham at the moment, which is our first UFC gym. Uh, our mid-sized boxes will start from the minimum of fifteen thousand square foot. Jesus. Okay, uh, up to you know, up to twenty twenty five thousand square foot. Uh, they are a UFC gym, so they'll incorporate you know, uh, cardio area, weights area, turf, bag rack, uh, dojo, uh, group exercise area, uh, and also a recovery area, uh, cryotherapy, so on, so and physiotherapy. That, when you look at it, is roughly like a. Yeah, uh, best example I could use, just as I'm looking round, would be like uh, those sort of gyms right now would be like JD gyms because JD are about the only size ones size wise. Yeah, size wise. Yeah, here is probably the size size wise of a JD gym, Everlast gym. Yeah, 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 about about that size. Yeah, but without obviously the the pre-covery, and then oh, without, without without the recovery, without the dojos, without the. Showers, yeah. the sauna, yeah. you know, because that—that's the one thing you always. Well, they're, they're a budget gym, aren't they? Yeah, you know, let's, let's be honest. You know, JD Everlast, they're a budget gym. They're like fifteen, twenty quid a month. 10, yeah. ten to, to twenty, twenty quid a month. Uh, most of most of the gyms in the in the UK, which have come about the last few years, have been budget. Yeah. You know, they've been been the lower end of, of the industry. Where we sit is in America. As I said, they they call it premium affordable. Yes, and you know. As we said earlier, it's like premium, premium economy. economy. Yeah, you know you've got you've got you know a bit more leg room. You've got a bit more leg room. You know you've got you know you've you've got you know a couple of other gadgets and and a couple of bits and bobs. You know, and it's worth that extra couple of quid. Yeah, so, be, the only thing, as we said when we talked previously about it, you know, you got a like legitimate BJJ program. Oh yeah, like the, the, so the the authenticity of the brand is second to none. So all, all of all of the staff. Uh, have to go through a UFC gym assessment uh, and UFC gym training. So yeah. that's no joke. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, yeah. a, that's five days of training uh, with Rob McCulloch. Uh, Dan Hardy's heading up our MMA section. So every coach which we have in a UFC gym will have to be graded and assessed. And uh, that's, an, that's an ongoing thing as well. That is just, it is, yeah. it's, do, it's not done once, one and done. No. You're going to have to keep at it, right? Yeah, that, that, that's ongoing. That's the medium box. Now, medium box, yeah, big big size box. Uh, let's say twenty five thousand square foot up. Yeah, but that's so, what's, that's what's blowing my up, mind. Up, up could be forty five thousand square foot. So we're we're in negotiations at the moment with a, with a few former Toys R Us sites. Uh, that you know, if you look at you know somebody, you know them big Toys R Us sites. Yes. You know, I can say that because one of the sites went public the other week. Uh, not through us, through through the. Uh, through the council that the planning commission's been put in. Yeah, but that's a mind blower. So, uh, and there, how 
what, what is it this but more or just oh, this yeah. but for more people this this for more people uh, but also with uh, crash soft play area uh, so you, you can actually you know we've got uh, add-ons bigger recovery recovery area yeah more more in recovery uh, and also as I say a crash in soft play area for kids but you can actually leave kids you know to be like there's a childminder there childminder yeah so on so forth so yeah and also another big part of it with the bigger stores is actually retail so uh, UFC gym and UFC retail units in them big stores so you can walk in and buy your you know your your, all the apparel everything you need everything you need to to train or even if you want to you know if you want to rebuy UFC top or you know uh, I don't know Conor McGregor t-shirt whatever Whatever it is, you know they'll, they'll be on them sites as well. And so what, what's it? Oh, um, if you don't mind me asking, then what's your link? Link wise, so big apart. Also, retail will also be in, in this 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 place. As well. Oh right, okay. We'll also, we'll also have a big retail in, area, not big, but uh, a retail area in, in the mid-sized. Well, it, it's it's funny, right? Because that that obviously has blown my mind. Walking in here has blown my mind because because it, it's a scale, right? Is it? No, well, is the it? thing is, it's like what you have to remember is it's like I remember when you started off doing Senny. And yeah. I remember there was naysayers going, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. And then next thing, you know, I'm down at the O2 and I'm like, yeah. uh, it's it happened. happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that was the first thing. Yeah. And then obviously it's, I, I, I know you boys well enough to know that you don't do anything by halves and you won't go into it. Yeah. But the parallels between the development of the sport, which didn't exist, by the way. You no, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you got to remember, we've MMA... Seen, we've, seen, we've seen it. Yeah, it's, it's zero. And it's the same as I, my mate, well, my best mate, Al Pizan, worked for Red Bull Racing. And he used Steve. to do... Yeah, he used yeah. to promote... He used to do this... Well, that, his job was basically going out giving keynote speeches around the world. And his whole thing used to be the same thing, which was like, Red Bull, when it first came out, there were so many people against it. Why? And he goes, because they were judging it, and they were judging it against... Coca-Cola yeah. and they're like it tastes shit what is it he goes but it's a different market yeah, yeah but the can isn't even the same size you're going to have to get completely different he went that's how much we believe in it we believe in it that right. much that we're not going to and that's, that's 100% I, the same I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to be next to Diet Coke and that, Pepsi that, Max that's 100% the same yeah you know we're, we're not Pure Gym we're not you know Anytime Fitness we're not David Lloyd you know we're, we're UFC Gym and the philosophy is trained different uh, the the difference with us, what we do is obviously in the products. Yes. It's coaches and class based for the whole family, for any age and any ability. Yeah. You know. Well, that's you know, that's the, 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 the UFC gym is not a fight club. No. It's for the whole family. It's for everybody. Yeah. Well, that that led me. And on. that's the difference. We talked. Well, we talked about this earlier. You know, uh, I remember being like, I remember being a seasoned martial artist, and the first MMA, the first MMA fight I ever really saw. Not Gracie in action. I mean, like, where you're going to get there and it's an event and these guys know they're going to... It's not like fighting on a beach. It's like these guys knew it. And I think it was like the World Combat League. It was one of those mad okay. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those mad ones. I looked at it and it was barbaric. And then I looked at Pride and I was like, barbaric. And I remember speaking to Eric Paulson. Now, this must be 2003. Like, Eric's always been right on the forefront of this whole MMA thing forever. Right, okay. And I said to Eric, I said... You know, I love it, but it's unpalatable sometimes even for me. And he goes, weight divisions and gloves. Get those involved yeah. and turn it into a sport instead of a fight. And I was like, right, okay. And it is, like, the parallels are mad when you look at the gym, the way that you're looking at it, because it's like, 
yeah, I train UFC, bro. And you go, no, everyone trains UFC, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is, it's, it's very, very, you know, it's like that, that, you know, you know cool. what, marketing wise, you know, I train UFC, you know, pe- purists, you know, yeah. have took the P out of it for, you know, since day one. Yeah. And, and you know what, rightly so, because th- there's been a lot of people that said they, they, they do this and they do that. And, and for people within the industry, it's a running joke. Yes. You know? And, you know, like the McDojo yeah. is a running joke. But do you really think that, that UFC are going to, IMG, yeah. are going to go, oh yeah, just pop up a few gyms and throw a few instructors? No, no, no. This has an online university, a training program, uh, all of the coaches have to be signed off. Yeah. We've got Dan Hardy on board over here. I think we've got a bit of knowledge between Dan, Michael, and I with who we have on board yes yeah <laughs> from, exactly from a martial arts perspective yeah uh, I don't think there's going to be many corners of, of the UK which we're not going to know someone who knows someone well to get the right people involved well that's a, that's the thing because the authenticity when you've been in the game long enough as soon as yeah. someone mentions anyone to me yeah. and, and it's not given it the big one they go do you know him and I've never heard of him and they go really yeah. and they go yeah but he's really good and I went if he was, I would have heard of him. Yeah. And like when you say that, I've it's said it before. And I feel pool. really bad saying it. But no, it's like, a small pool. Yeah. It's a, it's a small. It's a small community. Yeah. The, the fight community is a small community. Yeah. You know, and, and it doesn't take a lot of working out to, to know who's the, the, the good and the bad yeah. or, or the indifferent. You know, and and uh, the authenticity of this brand is what is what is going to make it successful. Well, it, it, you it, know, it's paired up with the facility. Yeah, but and, when, and, when and, it's second to none, right? And operationally, the team which we've got on board with our other partners, you know, from the franchising world and, and leisure industry, uh, and also people like George, who was the COO of the Middle East for, for UFC Gym, operationally, you know, the, the team is very, very strong. Uh, yeah, there is, a, there is a gap in the market. Like, I know now just from going there, BJJ, yeah, I've gone there and it's like the old, old days of karate. Now you're yes. walking in there, it's like 50 people on the mat every night, brilliant, and they're all into it. And I, I always wanted to find out whether or not MMA would, because first of all, martial arts wise, there was never a grading syllabus. Whereas nowadays, you go and you just work and you get, yeah, you, know, you you work now, and if it's just a workout, then great. You know, if there's a progression, then great. But there's there's fight there's fight gyms for that. Yeah, well, there's actually MMA. MMA syllabus being put together as well. Really? Yeah. Which you know, no doubt there's going to be some news on that. Uh, there'll be news with us on that as well. Yeah, I, I remember I used to trot this quote out all the time. Uh, in the early early days of the UFC, I remember the tap out boys when they were when it was they you know when probably around I think we'd probably be around about UFC thirty something, you know when they when they couldn't even give away tickets to the Albert yeah, Hall. Yeah, yeah, Do you remember yeah, that? When yeah, Neil Freeman yeah. was there, right? Yeah, that was there. Two thousand, two thousand and one. Yeah. yeah. Right, they were there. And I remember because obviously being a geek I am, I was reading Forbes, right? Mm. So I'm reading Forbes and somehow it comes up and it was like the tap out crew made two hundred and eighty million selling T shirts and the UFC posted a hundred and ninety million profit. Are you like so? The guys who are selling the T-shirts are making more uh, than the guys uh, doing it. Brilliant! Absolutely and then, then you like, but people want to buy the lifestyle. Exactly. And like, first of all, you want to buy the lifestyle. But wouldn't it be great if you could buy the lifestyle and have the lifestyle? One hundred percent. Final thing. I know the sort of person you are, right? Yeah. You got one hundred and five, hundred three, hundred five, hundred five, hundred five gyms. 
got to roll these out, you're going to roll them out in 10 years. Yep. What's after that? I see. That's it. That's you then? That's me done. Sitting on, sitting on the beach only 20%. That's... I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Out of them 105 gyms, 20% of them are corporately owned yeah. by, by, by our team. Uh, so we have 23 gyms which we have to build yes. uh, and run and manage. Uh, 11 of them will be the big signature sites. Wow. Uh, but we can do JVs on them. Yeah. Uh, so we, we are partnering with some people on the big sites because they're, they're real expensive. Yeah. Uh, but unbelievable facilities. Uh, and then the, the, the other is a, is a mixture of core and class UFC gym. Right. Uh, the other 80 odd will be franchised out. Yeah. So we're going through uh, George, who was the COO for, for Middle East, he, he's, he's dealing with the franchisees and inquiries. They have to go through a lot of paperwork. Uh, but the response has been unbelievable since we, we, we announced last March. We've had over 400 inquiries really? for franchisees in, in the UK and Ireland. Obviously, that will dwindle down, and yeah. uh, we, you know, people have to understand understand franchising, and understand the leisure industry, and have good capital. Yeah. Uh, to to make this project work, you know, we we're lucky that we've created a team which has all of them things yeah. within it, and the authenticity of of, of, of martial arts and uh, and UFC within it, so we can support people, uh, you know. Which are, which are doing franchises and this will be my final question why are you still doing that are you still doing promotions as well uh, no Cine and Combat and Strength Show they're on hold yeah. for sure they're, t- they're two bigger projects yeah uh, probably uh, uh, just because it's close to our heart we do the 10k yeah uh, Karate Clash once a year that's back on uh, 31st of no 21st 21st of April. You know at the how I know? Yeah, at the Troxy. Do you know how yeah, I know? Because I, I actually asked him if he wanted me to be the MC, but you already yeah, said. He was already you booked. already booked. Danny John Jules was there before you. Uh, yes, I'm a better dancer than Danny. You are. You know, he's actually going to. He, 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 might, he might have a little dance on the night as well. No way. You might, yeah. you might see a little dance on the Oh, night. definitely. That'd yeah, be yeah, cool. Because well, yeah, Danny, Danny, Danny was a legit martial artist when he was training, training. Yeah, because he was in Blade 2, wasn't he? Yeah. So, so he, that's how I met Danny. Through, because he trained with you and Briscoe in. Uh, you and Briscoe? In, in, Jesus. He trained with you and Briscoe in Taekwondo. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, done, done all of his sword practice with a friend of Ewan's for Blade 2. Right. So he had, he had to, to train hard for Blade 2. And actually, Danny's martial arts in Blade 2 is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's playing on that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think he was... Uh, yeah. I'll, 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 all I'll say is, I don't think he was treated very well on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, dis- uh, on, uh, Strictly. Strictly, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, just yeah. scapegoated a little bit, and uh, obviously yeah. it's... It is what Listen, it is. Danny's a veteran, man. He, he, oh, yeah, he'll all, he, he's a, he's bounce-back ability, that boy, Dan, I'll Dan tell is, you. You know, you, know, yeah. you know, I've known Danny for a long time. We've worked together. You know, he's, he's always supported our events, and he, he there's nothing that will hold that guy, guy no, back. No, you know, no, talented he's guy, man. Warrior. Yeah, he's talented yeah. guy as well, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you one thing about Danny. If you, if you put the Dwayne Dibley line on him too often, yeah. he isn't very happy about that one, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dwayne Dibley? Oh, I've never heard that one before. Yeah. No, he's got a point. But no, after this, that, that, that's, that's it. Unless, unless, I don't know, unless Dana wants to offer me a job, you uh, know, to, I don't know. Yeah, mate, I'm telling you, this <laughs> is not the end. I know you well enough to know. No, Me I'm, and I'm, you will be eating quail. 
<laughs> quail's eggs. Yeah, we'll be they eating quail's quail. eggs again. They were quail. They were just poached. Poached they, eggs. Uh, no, no, no. There was quail. Was I'm, quail. I'm telling you. Yeah, there was quail eggs. because I was looking at it going... I don't yeah. know. I've got, got a funny story about quail eggs and Danny John Jaws, which I'll tell you off camera. There you are. We'll end on that one. All right. Thanks, brother. Cheers, mate. Top man, mate. Thanks for the support. No, no. Thank you. Today's show was produced by the wizard himself, Ant McGinley. What?